Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hey, Kathy and all you mysterious foodies out there. <laughs> Hello. I am sitting in my Fort Lauderdale condo with the heat on. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Well, to be fair, I only turned it on like real briefly just to take the edge off, yeah. but I had to do it because it went down to the four. It, w- it was actually 40 in Fort Lauderdale this morning. It was like 39 well, in places around us. really city. cold for you guys. I know, but like with the wind chill, they said it was like 33. Oh, that's... I got out my winter coat. <laughs> do you have a winter coat? I do. <laughs> It's a nice coat. Well, I bet you don't get to use it very often. <laughs> <laughs> well, how low does it have to go for you guys to turn the heat on? Please tell me at least the 40s. I, mean, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> well, you know how you acclimate differently. I mean, it. you know, mm-hmm. the 40s for us right now, like today actually was um, upper 30s. And I took my dog out for a walk, and I cleaned up some sticks in the yard, even in, in all the snow. So it's just relative. But yeah. I will say this: yeah, we don't have snow, so you know, yeah. and it was just beautiful, sunny. So that made lovely. it really nice, anyway. I, I am a little concerned, though. I, I've heard some pretty scary warnings about the weather in Fort Lauderdale. You know what it was? <laughs> I actually heard that there's what? a lizard blizzard. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> When you said that, I was like, this is so funny. I, 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 I mean, can't. South Dakota is hearing about our iguanas that are falling yes. out of the trees. Christy, and... I can't. I'm sorry. That's it. That might be the well, end of our trip. Well, you know trips. what? <laughs> the iguanas are, you know, non-native. So we've had a big push. Like, they finally said, okay, yes, you can kill them. There's recipes. In fact, in my <laughs> what? In my little magazine, you know, because, yeah. They're, people eat them in the islands. They get huge, but they they destroy things, you know, and they somebody release some and they just multiply and they don't have, you know, any predator except us. <laughs> so um, you're going to start so eating them? They, I don't know <laughs> no. if I will, but they, I mean, like I said, they gave a recipe for it, you know, because. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if I can handle this today. <laughs> Tastes like chicken, Kathy. Tastes like chicken. Just, yeah. I will admit, I'm Can not a imagine? fan of the iguana. I, I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not ready to hack oh. one up and cook it for dinner, though. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, my 80-year-old father, he would probably do it. And he lives on a canal. So whenever an iguana comes out, he goes running and chasing it <gasps> to get it to, like, go jump in the canal or go away, you know. Um, because, like I said, he's, he, you know. He has all his plants there, and they just tear them up. Oh, they do. And then when they reach a certain size, they're, you know, omnivores, so they eat, like, other our native lizards, and, you know, I mean, oh. they're very destructive in our environment, so now it's become okay to kill them. Okay. Hunt, you know, if wow. they're in your, but, you, you know, they're still, they still say you have to do it in certain ways, you know. <laughs> But oh, okay. not like animal cruelty, but, you know, it's like a rat or something in your yard. That's not a great thing. Again, you know? <laughs> not going to eat the rat. I'm just saying. Again, no recipes in my newspaper tonight. You never eating... know how hungry you will get, yes. you know, when the apocalypse happens. Oh, and... my gosh. Okay, we have got to move on. 
Okay. Because I'm going to keep laughing. Okay. We haven't even had wine. I know. I know. That's why we have to move on. I'm ready for for it. For everybody out there, the iguanas get so cold because they're cold-blooded and, you know, they're... they're not normally here. We used to get cold, colder here. So that's why they wouldn't have survived here anyway. But they, um, they, they freeze. And then they like, fall, out of, fall the out of the trees. Have you seen this happen? Yes. Like if, has an iguana fallen yeah. on your well, head? Well, I've seen them on the ground. No. <laughs> but conceivably on someone's head. It only gets cold here once in a while. I mean, Ooh. this is like, you know, it's warmer and warmer. Um, used to get cold every year, you know, a few freezing kind of nights, but it rarely freezes here anymore. Hmm. And then they, they don't really die, you know, unfortunately. Some of them do, I guess, or they can pick them up, you know, and get them. But otherwise, um, you know, as soon as it warms up, it warmed up to 60. That sounds today, lovely, actually. After being 40. Yeah. I know. It sounds lovely. I know you would have liked that. I would have. That's yeah. my favorite weather. It is. All right, let's it's move on. It's kind of fun, you know, yeah. for a day. Okay. <laughs> Enough with iguanas. <laughs> okay. What are we doing today? Repairing Food and Wine with Liar's Legacy. That's right. We which are. is a great title. It is. <laughs> it is. So we are doing Liar's Legacy, as Christy said, which is a Jack and Jill thriller. Uh, it's book two by Taylor Stevens. And today we're discussing it, um, pairing it with food and wine, of course, for your next book club. And then next week, we are going to be doing a Corks and Conversation with the author herself. Exciting. I love it. Yeah. It's just so fun. Um, And you know what I just realized? What? Uh, Good Girls Lie was our book last time. Yeah. And now this one is Liar's Legacy. Get the trend? <laughs> yeah, let's see the trend. So our theme is like lying this year, do you no, think? I, that's, <laughs> 2020. that's truly <laughs> ironic. Um, we have enough <laughs> maybe of that going on in current events. So um, let's not pick lying as a theme and let's, uh, it's been done, right? So let's move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could latch on to the theme that um, we are interviewing Two successful thriller writers in a row so far, oh, J.T. Sure. Ellison and Taylor Stevens. I like that much, so. much better. And <laughs> it'll be even better if you tell us what wine we're having today. Like, I'm ready for the <laughs> <Okay>. wine. <laughs> okay. Okay. On to the wine. All right. So we are having a German wine. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think we've had a German wine. I'm not positive. I don't think we have But... It's a Riesling. It's Schmidt Sohn, and I have no idea because I'm not German. I don't know. <laughs> it's a Riesling. Yeah. It's crisp and fruity, and um, you know, it's described on their little scale as medium sweet. So okay, can take a sip and see what you think. It's um, medium-bodied Riesling is a well-balanced, easy-to-drink wine, perfect as an aperitif. Or to complement foods from pork and ham to fish and poultry. Okay. So. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking this with an open mind because I'm not normally, I don't think of myself as a Riesling lover, I will say. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Did you just sigh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's, like it's a hot sunny day, right? And I'm like, <laughs> No. Yeah. Okay. It, it's um. It's sweet. It is sweet, it but is. It, and it's fruity. I mean, honestly, it barely tastes like wine to me. It almost tastes like juice. Tastes like what? Maybe 
juice. Oh. Like just plain juice. Oh, just, yeah. Okay, let me try it again here. Okay, it is very sweet. But yes. No, it's crisp and fruity. It is. (laughs) It is crisp and fruity also. (laughs) Did notice it's 9% rather than like 12 or 13. So that's kind of nice because, you know, Mm -hmm. it is the type of thing that I think of drinking on a warm day, you know? Yep. Kind of like when you want to make a wine cooler or a sangria, you could do this too. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I chose it because it's a German wine and we hadn't done it before. At least I don't think. I don't think so We did. What was the wine from um, the Karate Girl one? Was that a Riesling? It was a Riesling, actually. That was. Yeah. But it was from um, Oregon, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A domestic Riesling. One of those two. Yes. So this is a tried and true German because parts of this book take place in Germany. And it's towards the beginning. Yeah. I mean, this this book, they go all over the place. I was just going to so. say, I just thought you could do like a flight of wines if you had a really big book club. I know, with all right? the locations. Inspired by all the locations. Oh, that's such a smart idea. That'd be fun. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. And um and but I figured if with this Riesling I was going for the aperitif yeah. mode like you know um so I th- figured a bunch of appetizers mm-hmm. um finger food kind of stuff and I was like what's a good ham appetizer and I don't know if you've ever made these but and I I will put a recipe on the blog but they're called ham and cheese pinwheels oh yeah <laughs> I'm so glad he didn't yeah. say something else. <laughs> Sorry. Like what? I don't know. Something with iguana in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I have had ham no. and I've had ham and cheese pinwheels. That is a wonderful no, finger no. food to have. That sounds great with this. That would be really I fun. do eat alligator though, and alligator is delicious. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's a big animal. So anyway, yes. So to tie everything together, then I was like, okay, just a bunch of appetizers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have read a few thrillers that are just so thrilling that they don't have time to eat. And I don't think they ate in this whole book. No, you know what? <laughs> Except it's, that's interesting. Maybe like stuffed in a pastry or something. Yeah. So that's why I thought the pinwheel would be good because it's, it's made with puff pastry. Oh, very good. And then like prosciutto and aspara- mm-hmm. wrapped asparagus. Oh, yum. Yeah, that sounds um, yummy. Maybe some shrimp kebabs. And I can see that pairing non- well with this wine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was thinking too. So... And you those along those lines and, you know, finger food. And if you want to go, you know, put something sweet out there. I mean, there's chocolate, there's pastries, because that is what they ate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to round it out, you could just do like some fruit and vegetable platters or something. See, we're making you your menu for you, for your book club selection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Way to go. Yes. I love that. I think that's that yeah. would be actually great, especially... Um, to, like you said, to dis- to discuss this really thrilling um, kind of espionage, big, giant novel, like where they go all over the world. Like I can just see like little snack foods as they're talking about it. It would be so perfect. Now that we have our food and wine, it's time to talk about the book. 
Liar's Legacy is the much-anticipated second novel in the Jack and Jill thrillers by New York Times bestselling author Taylor Stevens. I think this is her eighth novel overall. Oh, wow. Yeah. So her first six are part of the Vanessa Michael Monroe series, who I'm happy to say is described as a female Jack Reacher. And you know, I like anything Lee Child, um, who, by the way, also described Taylor as a sensational writer, quote unquote. Ooh. I know. High praise, high praise from your fave. Lee Child <laughs> calling you sensational writer, like done. I'd be like, okay, I'm good. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Okay, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about Taylor a little bit because I think this just okay. elevates the. She's very interesting. She's I can't very wait to talk interesting. To her next and I think either. this alone elevates the conversation, I think, for a, a book club mm-hmm. gathering. So she was raised mm-hmm. in an apocalyptic cult. And oh. she has said that her innocence and scholastic education stopped completely when she was 12. And now she has eight wow. bestsellers under her belt. I'm just saying. She finally broke away from this environment when she was in her 20s. And then she had to teach herself the craft of writing and be able to tell stories the way she wanted to. So, I mean, that's very impressive. Think of how much we're learning. And we, you know, we both, well, you have a master's in English. I mean, I don't have that, but I had to write a lot of science papers. So, you know, we already had that under our belt. And still, every day I learn something new. Oh, yeah. So I can't imagine trying to go all the way back to middle school and relearn you know stuff so that's amazing i mean to say the least right um and what's interesting is her books you know are so full of really interesting settings i mean this book alone Mm -hmm. just covers the globe apparently this has a, a i guess a background in her own adolescent journey with this cult as they traveled over four different continents and two dozen countries Oh, that's amazing. It is. And and not only is she a successful writer, but she also has her own podcast called The Taylor Stevens mm. Show, of course, which is awesome. you got to listen to it. Um, and she mm-hmm. has these Hack the Craft, which is a great name, episodes for hack writers. Hack the Craft. Yeah, Hack <laughs> the Craft um, for writers. And it gives people tutorials um, and breakdowns of what works with writing and what doesn't. I mean, she's really dove deep. And I think... You know, not only to be doing the writing herself, but then to be at the place where she's really helping other writers with the craft yeah. is really amazing. Wow, she's going to be a good conversation next week. I am excited. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be fascinating, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. okay, so mm-hmm. back to our book, Liar's Legacy. Um, it's pretty uh-huh. complex, don't you think? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would say so. I mean, I want to go back to book one because... On this book, man, she jumps right in. There's action, but there's so many characters that I'm like, oh, my gosh. And uh, I mean, I can see why her readers were dying to have book two come out because they probably were just sucked into this international intrigue and all that kind of stuff. And (laughs) well, it is it is a pretty, um, pretty intense um, premise for sure with international mm-hmm. assassins. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. she, the author says, just for people who are um, listening and, and have not picked up one of her books yet, um, Taylor says that you can read them in any order. 
Um, they're just for, mm-hmm. for readers who really like thrillers. The order will not matter. You can pick up I- either of the books in the series and, and enjoy it because it's about these main characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she, she did say that if you read as much for character as for plot, that you probably would do better and have a richer experience if you read at least the first book. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we do Liar's Paradox. If you did a book club, do Liar's Paradox first. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to go back and read the first one now. I mean, that's a, it's yeah. a logical thing to think for sure. Yeah. But we, okay, so we won't yep. give away any spoilers. And it's hard because this thing is just all over the place and very intense read. But we can right. tell you this, that, that, this, that the book follows mm-hmm. Jack and Jill. Obviously, you can tell from the title. And they are twins, which I think really adds an interesting element here. Yes. These twins, assassin twins, um, just can't ever stop running. And they're, they have some issues, let's say. <laughs> but so from their... They had a bad mom. They did have a bad mom. <laughs> so from their earliest memories, I mean, they just were raised to hide and hunt and survive. Just like all of us, right? Right. <laughs> my first thing for sure my mom was like okay look no um and so drop me in the woods and right so this mom was i guess more of a mentor and then a mom maybe like second let's just say and so what she did was she Mm -hmm. trained her children in the art of espionage weapons Mm -hmm. surveillance sabotage Weird just psychological the that games. All moms yeah, do. just the normal thing we always recommend for any good parent. I know, but I really do. I do find that so interesting to see how they use like illusion and how they, you yeah. know, evaded everything, and mm-hmm. um, it felt like they were like playing chess, and then they knew what was going to happen. Twenty or some of them knew what was going to happen. A bunch of moves ahead, for sure. And I, I think that. You know, she she gives us so much detail on these techniques. And then if you add in how she does her plotting, where it's from one point of view mm-hmm. and then right away the next point of view, it, you can really see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. It, it was incredible. Yeah, it's a little scary, though, now, you know. I mean, there are people out there that can do all that stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they could get out of any jam, couldn't they? Yes, they could. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how she knows all this stuff. I know. Right? <laughs> That's, I mean, she that will be a really fun thing to ask her about her research because she went deep for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so it was it was a really good twisty Turner um, cat and mouse thriller. Yes. Which um, you know our friend KJ Howe yes. also described it as a kinetic masterpiece that will. Okay, now I'm going to do a tongue twist, twister. <laughs> Rattle readers to the bone. And then pick up Liar's Legacy. That's a really good description of it, though. Rattle you. Because it is yeah. it is jarring. I mean, it's just so intense. Mm-hmm. Writer's perspective. Mm, no, writer's perspective. <laughs> so today we thought we would talk about multiple points of view in a novel. Um, the whys or the hows, at least as much as we can fit in with our little segment here. Um, but we will put in the mm-hmm. links to a couple of the articles we're going to reference for you. Well, Kathy, I got to say that I am pretty glad we're talking about this because I've had difficulty in, well, more in the short story that I, I've been working on for so many reasons. But it also is very subjective. So like when we're researching this, it seems like 
there's all these rules, but then there's all these exceptions to the rules. And it's by like this famous writer did this or did that in this Mm -hmm. book or that book. So you're like going, well, you know, (laughs) what do I do? Yeah. I mean, I think as far as literary devices go, this is a, I mean, it's a, I feel like it's a pretty advanced one. Um, Mm-hmm. For from where I'm at right now, but um, this book is a great example of it of how it works really really well. Mm-hmm. Because so she jumps. Well, the way she does it is yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Well, I was gonna say she jumps between three different protagonists. I guess right. Is it only three? Well, Holden, Jack, Jill, Kara. Oh yeah, you're right. That's at least that many. Yeah. So, but what's nice is is that she divides it up by chapter and so yeah so you can always go back and look at the title of the chapter because she titles the chapter with the name of the character i really like that like i really enjoy that i i think that's extremely helpful especially with the intensity of the plot because you'll she'll take you through what's going on moment by moment and then, mm-hmm. and then the chapter ends, and then she'll pick up with the next character and take up the timepiece from there. So she doesn't ever really repeat the expanse of time, right. which is tricky, right. I imagine. Um, but yeah. I, I think it's very helpful to the reader to know exactly who she is talking about. Right, right. And that's one of the articles that we right. looked at was, you know, use your characters yeah. to help with that. And I think that's, but short story, like you mentioned, would be really tricky. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because if you're doing, like, mine was sort of a narrator, yeah, you know, like that omniscient, um, but it was mostly from the main characters. But every so often, we got insight of what's happening that that character wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Had, like, six or seven readers they're all writers I gotta say so Mm -hmm. that makes a difference I think but about half of them could not get over point of view but other people it didn't bother one bit they were like okay you know that's interesting and so I think it's a very interesting thing like a lot of readers don't like it in novels even when you go from character the characters maybe are in totally different... I think the um, pacing is a big factor. And I think, you know, in this case, the pacing so fast and so intense right? that I felt like it worked really well in this circumstance because, mm-hmm. like, you almost didn't have a passage of time between one and the other. So it was not as hard to get right confused. It's an interesting um, device, that's for sure. But it's a choice. Right. It's a, it should be an intentional choice. And it, sure. and it is, once you do one, go one way, you know, there are certain rules in there that really bug people. And it's mostly if you can't understand it, mm-hmm. you know. Like we writers sometimes get hung up on you know, gram- grammatical things and stuff like that. But yeah. really, if the reader can understand it, just about anything goes. Yeah. There are... Okay, Kathy, before we go (laughs) on to what's going on in our world, um, what do you think about this wine? I haven't heard you say much. Is it a little bit too sweet for you? It's a little bit sweet for my taste. I have to admit, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would choose this necessarily, but I will say I really like Mm -hmm. it with the menu that you set out. Like I can really see it as just a Mm -hmm. sipping wine, you know, it's not some, which is good. I mean, that's not. I don't see drinking it with dinner. No. I don't because even though they said, oh, you can have it with ham. But again, I'm not, I'm not somebody that would ever drink a soft drink with dinner either because it's just too sweet. But I can see as a, as a, just a, you know, a light 
thing to offer with a little snack, I think it would be very nice. Especially right. because a lot of my friends really do like a sweeter wine. And so I would certainly mm-hmm. offer this and maybe offer mm-hmm. something that's a little less sweet. That would be awesome. Well, so we already talked about my lizard blizzard. <laughs> I want to go back to the lizards now. So tell me what's going on. I want to hear writing. what's going on up there. Oh, okay. You're going to go there. <laughs> this is your idea. <laughs> I always remind you of that. <laughs> okay. I know. I know. Okay. Well, so, um, you know, it was like a slow week, I would say. I've been yeah. focusing on a lot of things. And actually, you know, I've I've done a write. I've done writing for the podcast, and I've been working on trying to figure out marketing stuff and things like that. And yeah, it, well, it all has to get done. Well, if you're like JT Ellison, yeah, you know JT, she tracks her nonfiction words as well. So like the words she okay. uses for her, yeah. So you can you can call all the podcast script writing that you do as I mean okay. you're still writing. Yeah, I am. I feel very productive when I'm done with it, but. I could do more, and I know I could do more, and it's just like, you know, I'm taking it a step at a time, and yeah, pretty soon I'm going to have that schedule down. Um, <laughs> maybe by February. <laughs> you know what? I actually have a hard time. I think we should all give ourselves a little break in the beginning of January, because it's. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a, a lot of a transition when you come off the holidays, and there's still so much stuff going on. So mm-hmm. I think easing into your new expectations or, or hopes or what do you right. want to call them, you know, resolutions, it's okay to give yourself a little bit of time. Yeah, I agree. But I will say this. I found this quote today, and I really thought it was very helpful, and I, I thought I'd save it for our conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. It says, the magic that you're looking for is in the work that you're avoiding. <gasps> oh. <laughs> It was That's kind so of good. what I needed to hear this morning. I thought it was yeah. too. Did it inspire you to get back to working a little more on the right? It or inspired you've me probably to... been doing it anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I, not you know, not as much as you wanted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I will say, then the set, then the next thing I saw this is on Instagram, and I follow uh, Hoda Kotb, you know, from the Today Show, and she uh-huh. always posts um, inspirational quotes. And so Mm -hmm. she had written, this is just, I found this right after I'd seen the other one. She said, whatever you're not changing, you are choosing. And I was like, oh, that's really good too. So whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. So. All right, everybody, you hear that? (laughs) I know. So I'm using those quotes to inspire me this week. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to use them to inspire me too. I think I'll write them down and put them up. Awesome. On the refrigerator or something. So I see it every day. Because you know I go there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, should we, should we grab our Riesling and give a toast here? Sure. Cheers. Thanks to our mysterious foodies out there for listening and sharing. Check out our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, where you can find links to all we talk about. And if you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, you can get those links sent directly to you along with any exciting updates. We are also on Facebook and Twitter under at GOB Writers. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, we would love to hear from you. And please subscribe to Game of Books wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our book club ideas and quirks and conversations with award-winning and best-selling authors. That's all for today's episode of Game of Books podcast, where we share food, wine, and mystery every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. This is Christy. 
and Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.